So uh, don't get me wrong. Like every parent, I hate seeing my kids suffer. But these are unfortunately part of life. And they are oftentimes opportunities for these lessons that come out of heartbreak to teach our kids something bigger so that they can rise to the occasion and become stronger and more resilient. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone who celebrates is excited about All Hallows Eve coming up. It's my kid's favorite holiday. And now that they're older, they get to go out with their friends on their own while I hand out candy at home, which I much prefer to, actually. My 14-year-old is now six feet tall, but it's so cute to see him get so excited to dress up for Halloween. So this week, I'm going to share a couple of experiences that happened in my family this past week or two. I hope these are helpful and examples that can guide you in how you want to do things, whether it's in a similar way or even differently in your family. The first is an experience I had with my daughter. 
just a few nights ago as of recording this podcast. Now, interestingly, even though she's basically a teen, this experience is very similar to dealing with toddler meltdowns, not because she acted like a toddler, but because she had some big feelings. So I'm going to share how this relates to the scenario with younger kids after I talk about the incident. So my daughter Taylor is 12. She's actually almost 13. She'll be 13 in just a little over two weeks. She's incredible on so many levels. She's driven, she's creative, she's kind, helpful, perseverant. She's a strong athlete. She's fearless, honestly, as an athlete. She plays water polo. She canters on her horse bareback. One of the areas we've been working on, though, is she can get keyed up emotionally and become very inflexible to listening to feedback. She doesn't want to see how she can improve. She just wants to be right. So the other night, she needed to make something for her friend group for the potluck lunch that they had planned. She had settled on pasta with pesto sauce. So I helped her choose the pasta. I helped her make the dish. And she's pretty independent in the kitchen, but it was a different type of pasta. And so she needed help knowing when it was done and help draining it out because it's kind of big and heavy with the water. So we finished the dish and she couldn't find the lid to fit the container. And I told her to just put foil on it and put it in the refrigerator. Maybe not even 20 minutes later, I heard a bit of a commotion in the kitchen. And a few minutes after that, Taylor comes storming into my room, angry, because one of our lovely family dogs, Bambi the Rottweiler, had gotten to her pasta dish on the counter. Her older brother and I were in my room watching a tennis documentary on my iPad. It was 8.30 p.m. I had finally gotten to sit down and relax after going all day long. Finishing up dinner and the dishes and then helping her with something that she wanted that then ended up getting basically ruined. Now, the thought going through my head was, I don't have the energy to deal with this right now. I don't have the energy to help her redo this pasta dish. I'm just done for the day. So without really thinking about it first, I responded in an unhelpful way. I have an upset daughter, and I start telling her where she went wrong. I launch into how she knows Bambi can reach the counter and loves to go shopping on the counter and gets rewarded with food. So why wouldn't she? So why didn't she put the food in the refrigerator like I suggested? Of course she got defensive, even if I were right about it all. She's not going to take my advice very well. She's upset. She needed my compassion, not my advice. My mind went straight to protecting my right to relax. I could have showed compassion and still set a boundary around not being able to help her any further that evening. But I didn't do that. And not surprisingly, she got more upset. She defended her choice, basically made a bunch of excuses about why she didn't cover the food and put it away, and she stomped off. So first, I'm going to talk about what I feel like I should have done in retrospect and what I will work really hard to remember the next time. And then I'm going to talk about what I actually did because, well, what was done was done, but I did feel like I needed to make amends. Now, if I had been more conscious in that moment about the dynamic of the situation, had more empathy for my daughter and what she was going through, realizing that she was frustrated about what happened, that she was excited to do a potluck with her friends, that she chose something she thought would be easy enough, but fun and different for her friends. We put the effort it took to plan and prep and finish, and now she had nothing to show for it. And she, like me, was probably tired from a long day too. We had started our morning at 7.30 a.m. with our joint tennis lesson. She went to school all day, 
I worked all day. Then she had rehearsal for drama after school. Then we had dinner. We had just settled down to relax after dishes and cooking. Just like me. For her, it was her contribution to plans with her friends that was now ruined. And if I would have kept all this in mind, I would have reacted very differently. I would have said, I'm sorry, Taylor. You must be feeling really frustrated and disappointed right now. I know it's been a long day for both of us and you're probably feeling pretty tapped out just like I am. Would you like to come over and snuggle for a few minutes? It's what we love to do. She loves to snuggle. It's one of the ways that she can unwind to kind of work through her emotions. So this is the thing that I like to offer to her that we both like to do together and works for both of us. Then I could have shared that I was too tired to remake the dish that night, but we could problem solve together. And then depending on how things went with her mood over the following 15 to 20 minutes, I could either have helped point out making a different decision the next time after we problem solved, or I could have waited till the next morning if she just was too tired and I could tell she wasn't going to take it well. But maybe I should have kind of felt things out first. So it's sometimes hard to hold our tongue when we want to share what we feel is important advice about poor choices. But first, when we use poor timing like I did, it does more harm than good. If the person isn't in a place to be receptive, then we're just saying it to make ourselves feel better, but it doesn't solve anything or really help them absorb the information where they will actually make a better choice next time. It only makes them feel angry and resentful, which is what I experienced. Now, I relate this to toddlers because toddlers are very often having lots of big feelings around all kinds of things. You know, and in my family, with my kids, both with my daughter, it doesn't happen very often. It's very, I don't want to say rare. It's probably a once a week kind of thing. It's not an all day, every day thing like it is in toddlerhood. But these things that feel insignificant to us as adults, at least for toddlers, But to them, these things are very big deals. The tower falls over that they worked hard on. The train tracks won't meet up. They just spend 20 minutes trying to build the track. The banana breaks in half. They drop their cracker and the dog eats it. Or even they just drop their cracker and it cracked on the floor. The books won't stack the way they want them to. I know it can be exhausting. Remembering to connect with their feelings, giving space for those feelings, and then guiding them on how to work through it and problem solve. These are skills we're going to use all the way through. These are the very steps I teach parents and guide parents all the way through, but especially starting in toddlerhood. And then exhausted me at the end of the day, just plain forgot to do this. Now, part of this is for me to show you that it happens to everyone. We get tired, we forget, we're spent. And so we're just plain out of patience or we just aren't cognizant or we're not conscious of what's happening and we just forget and we react. It's okay. So here's what I did do. But the thing is, I have to be honest, I didn't even realize right away. It wasn't until later that evening when she was asleep that I had my face palm moment about how I handled it. So I promised myself I'd address it first thing in the morning. So very first thing in the morning, I knocked on her door. I waited to be invited in. I went in, I sat down on her bed and I said, I didn't handle things very well last night and I'm sorry. You were frustrated. You needed me to listen to you and help you with your frustration and to problem solve. And I didn't do that. I will do better next time. And she said, it's okay. Then I offered to help her make more pasta. And she still had a half a bag of it left because we only cooked half the bag in the first place. And we still had plenty of pesto sauce left. 
And we also had plenty of time to finish it before she had to leave for school. So even though I didn't handle it well from the beginning, a couple of really positive things came out of it. I owned up to my mistake. My daughter got to see what that looks like. And it's not, this is like, this is the first time it's happened. I've done this before, but not this exact scenario, but I mean, I've owned up to my mistakes in the past. And she got to see what it looks like to admit when you're wrong and apologize. So she knows what a good relationship looks like, what good relational skills are. She learned that I'm not afraid to admit that I'm not perfect to her and that I can admit when she deserves better from me. She learned what a proper apology looks and feels like. It was an important moment for us both and it brought us even closer. So my second experience is one of those big life lessons I got to share with my kids. And these are some of my favorite parts of parenting when I get to help my kids learn something really important about the way that they show up in the world, about the way they can be more resilient, about the way that they can be more self-aware. So I'm going to share more about that and exactly what it was right after a word from our sponsors. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads. Love where you live. Now that we're back, I'm going to talk about teaching kids 
the bigger life lessons. So I'm going to start with a story from one of my favorite speakers and authors, Brene Brown, who had to teach her daughter at the time a third grader a very hard lesson about trust. So our kids will have tough experiences and they will come home from school, from a friend's house or what have you, and they will share stories that will sometimes break our hearts. These are opportunities for us to teach them how to navigate these bigger challenges of life. Now, in Brene's case and her daughter's, what happened is that her daughter shared something difficult with a couple of friends at recess. And she said by the time recess ended, everyone in her class had already heard about it and they were laughing and pointing at her. She said the class was so disruptive, the teacher had to threaten the class with removing marbles from the marble jar. So it was a jar that got marbles added for good choices that the class would make as a whole and marbles removed when the class would make poor choices. Now, don't get me started on the method of reward and punishment. That's a completely different topic. (laughs) You know, I will say it doesn't work and I don't really like this method and I know it gets used in a lot of classrooms, but this is just, you know, what was happening. So I'm sharing that here. This is what her daughter shared with her about what happened when she got home and she had crumpled to the floor, hurt, devastated and drowning in tears, and says to her mom, I will never trust anyone ever again. So as Brene got the story from her daughter, the one that I just shared with you, she knew she had to come up with something to explain trust to this young devastated girl that she loved with all of her heart, just like we all do with our kids when they come home and they are hurting, we're hurting. So she said to her daughter, trust is like a marble jar. When you share little things with people and they honor your trust, you put a marble in the jar. If they break your trust, you take them out. And you learn that's not someone to trust, but you start with the little things. Once you have a friend who fills your jar, then you know that that friend is someone you can trust with the bigger stuff. Does that make sense? So don't get me wrong. Like every parent, I hate seeing my kids suffer. But these are, unfortunately, part of life. And they are oftentimes opportunities for these lessons that come out of heartbreak to teach our kids something bigger so that they can rise to the occasion and become stronger and more resilient. When my kids grasp lessons, I know I've helped them reach a new level of self-awareness, of understanding, of resilience, of growth, of how to show up in the world and how they can be different in the world with other people than maybe people have been with them. And so that part of it is rewarding. So I apologize again for those who aren't tennis fans, but I want you to think about anything else your child does, whether it's drama or it's music or it's a sport that they do, or it's a spelling bee or it's a science fair or whatever it is that your kids do and relate it to that. This happens to be something that our family tends to gravitate around right now just because of how intensely involved my oldest son is with tennis. So we went to a tournament. My son went all the way to the finals and he lost. In all honesty, the player wasn't as strong of a player as Carter, but he got to my son psychologically and my son let it get to him and affect his game. And this is a learning process. And I talked to his coach about this because I don't get it, but he shared with me that tournaments are very different than just hitting around on your home court with no pressure, that it takes practice at playing tournaments to get good at playing under that kind of pressure, to play at the same level you play on your home court in a tournament. And it does happen. It just takes time. Anyway, my son was mad. He got a second place trophy. And then the event director wanted their picture. He wanted the two kids 
with their trophies and my son didn't want to be in the picture. He's like, I don't want to get my picture taken. And I said, you need to step up and get your picture taken. They want their, they want the picture. So we get to the car. He takes the picture and he doesn't smile. He's not happy about it. But we get to the car and he goes, why do they even give trophies for second place anyway? It's just going to sit there on my dresser and remind me that I lost. <laughs> okay. So never mind that he had to win four other matches just to get to the finals. And I said to him, didn't you see the U.S. Open? Like we sat and watched the U.S. Open together. So I knew he saw it. But I was like, didn't you see the U.S. Open or any other Grand Slam for that matter? The second place winner has to get on the podium, on the platform with their second place trophy and with the winner in their first place trophy and hold it together while everyone gives speeches and shakes hands and takes photos until they can go and be on their own and fall apart. So a few days later, this statement came out from Roger Federer. This is a few days later after my son's tournament. Now, Roger Federer is one of the greatest players of all time, and some will say the greatest player of all time. So again, if you don't follow tennis, take your favorite sport or your favorite musician or your favorite actor and think of one of those greats making a statement about a new, very talented person coming into that field in your favorite sport or activity. So he made a statement about Carlos Alcaraz, who won Wimbledon against the world's number one ranked player this year. But he hasn't done as well in the last couple of tournaments that he's played. So Roger made this statement about Carlos. And I sent this to all my kids. And then I shared my thoughts about it because I thought it was a really important lesson. And then we also had a discussion about, about it. So Carter had sent me a picture of all of his trophies from tennis. And the one that was his second place trophy, he had scribbled it out. <laughs> so a few days later, I found this statement from Roger about Carlos. And he said, Alcaraz is great. I mean, look, he's still young and everything that he has achieved is fantastic. And not just on clay, meaning a clay court, or just on hard, meaning a hard court, but also now winning Wimbledon against Novak in the final. That's no joke. I mean, he didn't need to really prove that point, but that's another super asterisk in his CV. Mighty impressive. Of course, with Rafa, Novak, myself, and Murray, we all expect, if you don't follow tennis again, those are like four of the greats. Wait, one, two, three, four of the yeah, all-time greats in the sport. We all expect now every generation to produce their best tennis every single week for some reason, but it's hard to do that. And I think Carlos, he's done well as he possibly could have so far. And he's going to lose from time to time, like here in Shanghai, but he's doing fantastic. He's got a great game and obviously an unbelievable future ahead of him. And I said to my kids, I said, this is something to keep in mind for all of us, but especially for you, Carter, as you move forward in tennis. And for all of you, you will learn more from your losses than your wins. We will all win sometimes and quote unquote, lose sometimes. Take the lessons as opportunities. Love you all. Proud of you all for all the times you are brave and take the risks. Love, mama. The lessons I want my kids all to learn is that there is no reward without risk. When we risk, when we put ourselves out there, we risk, quote unquote, failure. We risk, quote unquote, losing. But what's most important is what we learn from our failures or our losses. And as I told them, we learn far more from our losses than from our wins. Our wins remind us we're already great, but our losses show us where the holes are, where we need to focus and do better if we're willing to look at it and not blame the weather or the ball or the sun or the grass or some advantage our opponent had 
whether it's in a sports or leading the play or a class president or getting a higher chair in the orchestra or anything else. This is the growth mindset that is so important for not just success, but happiness too. When our kids know they're in control, not of always winning, but of improvement, which leads to getting closer and closer to our goals until we finally reach them. When we can look at ourselves and we can self-assess, see what we need to work on, go back and work on it and improve and keep doing that cycle. It helps them to understand where they have control over themselves, over their own mastery of whatever it is they want to pursue and over choosing to dig deeper or to give up. And this is why all of this early work in toddlerhood and younger childhood is building a foundation for us to get them to this level where we can have these more profound and deeper conversations with them to help them build their growth mindset, to have a very strong emotional intelligence so that they can have the resilience that they need to really go after their goals and dreams, to pursue and improve and get to the level that they want to and need to. If you want to know more, all the classes on positive discipline will build the foundation for this. The classes, teaching and growth mindset, raising responsible kids will all help create this type of foundation and this type of amazing resilience and attitude with your kids. Those are on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.